This is a pile of dirt. This is a blot, a stain, a mark. This is a pollutant, litter, trash, rubbish, refuse, junk. There is philosophy in dirt, in stains, in all of this. Dirt, at its simplest, is something inside that should be outside. But on a closer inspection, dirt takes on different meanings depending on its context. When found inside, by the mother, it announces itself as a thing to be cleaned. But it also, in needing to be cleaned, suggests that it's a thing that should not be, that does not belong. Or it presents itself as a call to discipline the child who's been told 100 times to wipe their shoes before coming in the house, or as a scolding to oneself for spilling that drink. Again, but it doesn't always signal wrongdoing. And when found on the shirt, it might still not belong, but rather the result of carelessness might have accumulated as the result of normal daily wear and tear. In this case, it signifies not discipline, but simply the changing of clothes and the coming of work. Labour is going to be required to return its shirt to its original state of cleanliness. We see a similar call in the presence of dirty plates. Dinner is over and the laborious task of dishwashing or scrubbing is to begin. However, found outside, in a pot or in a flower bed, soil, of course, is favourable. Well known as the fertile breeding ground from which a vast range of nutritious, beautiful, lively and sometimes dangerous flora might grow. Despite this, dirt, within the boundaries of certain borders, clothes, plates, floors, signals the need for work, the need for removal, the need for discipline, the need for order. Dirt, in fact, is the opposite of order. Famed anthropologist Mary Douglas saw that there is no such thing as absolute dirt. It exists in the eye of the beholder, Dirt offends against order. Eliminating it is not a negative moment, but a positive effort to organize the environment. In chasing dirt, in papering, decorating, tidying, we are not governed by anxiety to escape disease, but are positively reordering our environment, making it conform to an idea. Dirt is a human concept. There's no such thing as dirt in nature. Everything's just where it happens to be. Until chemicals are spilt, until houses are built to exclude the elements, until factories produce smog, the idea that anything could be out of place is absurd. The natural world is neither pure nor dirty. And being human, dirt is a moral concept, something that's right or wrong, organised correctly or not. Our aversion to dirt comes from two places, hygiene, health, biological well-being, and aesthetics, 
the desire for a place that looks, smells and feels in order. For most people, an aesthetically pleasing world is an ordered one, patterned and predictable, symmetrical or balanced. Dirt or disorder is a moral concept because, as we know, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's ethical because it's the very first prerequisite of correct behaviour. This is a dirty job with those steel mills. Sometimes my husband's socks get so bad I hate to even put them in the washer. But Ajax must have something real powerful. To exclude that which harms the body, that offends the nose, that burdens the eyes. Cleanliness being next to godliness is the reason for the prohibition on pig meat, which comes to the primitive eye from dirty creatures. Well, how about litter? In the case of the crisp packet dancing in the wind, the chewing gum stuck stubbornly to the pavement, the cigarettes stubbed and flicked, the cools, as we know, was much more likely to be deliberate. The result is still something that does not belong, aesthetically, ecologically. But littering seems to be much more deliberate than getting dirty, say. The cause, we must assume, was something more individualistic, more selfish, more antisocial. What leads a person to place their own desire to rid themselves of the most negligible of burdens for just a minute to impose their waste instead without a care onto the rest of society? Hard to say, if there's no such thing as society. And so here we get to one of the roots of dirt, litter and pollution. Care to take on the work required to move things away from a position that offends our sense of aesthetic, biological or ecological health. Our sense of order is an act of simple ethical care, and it's a belief that the expenditure in energy from doing the thing will result in greater gains in the long term, that the extra work of not polluting will be better for everyone in the end, that if I hold on to my litter just a few minutes longer, everyone else might do too. You could be a utilitarian about dirt. Can we imagine a perfectly clean world, a pure one, where everything is just in its place, everything is ordered? What is order? To order something is to assign belonging to it, to ask where it should fit and place it there. To standardise, to make regular, to predict, so I can find this bowl in here, and this glass in here, and this vegetable in here, to use at certain times, to provide certain needs. The systematic exclusion of dirt might be said to be a product of the Enlightenment's desire to classify, categorise, and ask where this thing and that thing belongs. Encyclopedias became popular as explorers and capitalists demanded knowledge of far-off lands, species, minerals, plants, people. Order is the process of placing things where they belong, of trimming off the excess, of warning of the dangers, so that we can achieve something more efficiently. We want patterns that speed things up, make things easier, give us more free time, produce no negative effects, no dirt, no pollution, no litter. 
Now, if Mary Douglas is correct in saying that dirt is not a concept found in nature, but only in the human view of nature, then there is no dirt, litter or pollution without the people that produce it. There's always someone behind the dirt, responsible for the dirt, at fault for dirt. Dirt is people. The dirty people burden me, slow me down, give me work, make me unhealthy. They cause me discomfort. The Enlightenment wanted to clear all of this away. Sewage, slums, cholera-infected water, and instead plumbing, sinks, detergent, vacuum cleaners. Utopia is the elimination of all that's a burden to life and health. The exclusion of all dirt, order. Utopia is the elimination of everything that doesn't fit the pattern. Order is the perfect pattern. Patterns are predictable. This is why Zygmunt Bauman reminds us, the arrival of the stranger has the impact of an earthquake. Who is this? What are they like? How will they interact with me? Will they fit my pattern, my idea of how the world should be? who doesn't fit the pattern, who's in a marginal position, who's placeless. Disturbingly, if we were to draw out a history of order-making, of cleanliness, the Third Reich would be in it. Hitler's vision was based on the premise that all dirt could be removed and ultimate order achieved. Cynthia Ozick saw the final solution as an aesthetic solution. She said, it was a job of editing. It was the artist's finger removing a smudge. It simply annihilated what was considered not harmonious. Adolf the artist. Adolf the environmentalist. Further back, as Foucault observed, at the birth of the will to scientific order-making, the mad, the employed, the homeless, were all locked up together. The Enlightenment in 17th century France was a great sweeping up, clearing away those who didn't fit, that weren't part of the pattern. It's easy to see how people become dirt. Dirtiness becomes the perfect metaphor for the stranger, the person that doesn't fit the unwanted, the other. Imperialism draws on ideas of cleanliness to subjugate the dirty. Advertising draws on ideas of cleanliness too, to sell. Why don't you use Pear's soap? This girl asks her black friend in an 1899 advert. Why doesn't your mama wash you with fairy soap? This girl asks. Is this advert saying Pear's soap can make you white? Or is it by retaining blackface? saying Pear's soap can almost make you white? Or is it saying, don't worry, they'll never be white?
cleanliness is a mark of wealth, of privilege, of technological progress. Why do we call people we don't trust slimy? Sartre tells us that slime is disturbing because only at the very moment when I believe that I possess it, behold by a curious reversal it possesses me. If an object which I hold in my hands is solid, I can let it go when I please, yet here is the slimy reversing the terms. I'm suddenly compromised, I open my hands, I want to let go of the slimy and it sticks to me, it drools to me, it sucks at me. I'm no longer the master. The slime is like a liquid seen in a nightmare. If I dive into the water, if I plunge into it, if I let myself sink into it, I experience no discomfort, for I do not have any fear whatsoever that I may dissolve into it. I remain a solid in its liquidity. If I sink in the slimy, I feel that I'm going to be lost in it. To touch the slimy is to risk being dissolved in sliminess. Slime like dirt invades me like a foreign substance, conquers me, takes away some of my freedom. In the same way, the person we don't trust is unknowable. In the same way, dirt upsets the predictability of the pattern, it doesn't fit into the plan, it isn't orderable. The Third Reich not only exterminated Jews, but gypsies, travellers, the disabled, the alternative, the ones that couldn't quite be pinned down, the ones that had to be cleaned up. Totalitarianism offered a world without dirt, a perfectly pure world, a clean world of efficiency and order. Blood and soil, rootedness, ecological fascism. For the Nazis, soil and roots, ecology and people could all be in their place pristine, like the mechanisms of a perfectly designed watch, ticking predictably. The British National Party claimed to be Britain's only Green Party because immigration destroys the environment. Marine Le Pen of France's far-right National Front has said that environmentalism is the natural child of patriotism because it's the natural child of rootedness. If you're a nomad, you're not an environmentalist. Those who are nomadic do not care about the environment, they have no homeland. But we live in a global, connected, multicultural, differentiated world full of difference, full of people, ideas, plans, orders that don't fit together, that don't belong with one another, that don't fit with our plan. Dirt is an analogy for disorder. But order and disorder are in a relationship with one another. Disorder is required for creativity, for novelty, for adventure, for the moment when disparate phenomena and cultures and people come together. Messiness is a requirement for the artist's studio, the chef's apron, the engineer's lab, the walker's boots, the sportsman's clothes, the innovative brain. And in an increasingly sped up and connected global world, we're going to encounter the new, the novel, the things that don't quite fit with what we expect, with our pattern, more than ever, quicker than ever. And because something doesn't fit with their order, with their utopia, with their pattern, they'll tell you it's poisonous, it's unhealthy, it's dangerous. Be wary when people talk about dirt. 
use dirt, clean dirt, but most importantly of all, think about dirt. There is philosophy in dirt. Thank you as always for watching and a huge thanks of course as always to my Patreons without which this just wouldn't be possible. So if you want to see scripts, if you want to chat in the Discord server, if you want your name in the credits, but most of all if you just want to help support make this content then click the link in the description below. If not you can like, you can share, you can leave a comment, all those things that help the algorithm. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time.